This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, our pastor, Greg Scalzo, will be concluding a sermon in his series on heavenly authority. We are currently looking at the life of Jeroboam, the king who set up two gold calves and spread idolatry in northern Israel. When we left off, Pastor was reading from 1 Kings chapter 14, where Jeroboam's wife comes in disguise to the prophet Ahijah, seeking a word of encouragement about her sick child's fate. Instead, the prophet proclaims God's judgment on Jeroboam's house. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg in verse 12. Go to your own house. When your feet enter the city, the child shall die. And all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. For he is the only one of Jeroboam who shall come to the grave, because in him there is found something good toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, the Lord will raise up for himself a king. This is referring to Baasha, who's from Issachar will raise up for himself a king over Israel who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam. This is the day, what even now? Even now the politics of that was starting. The intrigue of this new king who would totally destroy his house and murder all the people in his whole house was happening even now. For the Lord will strike Israel, verse 15, as a reed is shaken in the water. He will uproot Israel from this good land which he gave to their fathers and will scatter them beyond the river because they have made their wooden images provoking the Lord to anger. So he now fast forwards down hundreds of years to the ultimate punishment for the idolatry, the captivity of northern Israel into Assyria. And he shall give, verse 16, Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam. In other words, this sin will continue on in northern Israel. It's not going away. He foreknows it. And so the punishment, the great punishment is coming. Who sinned, Jeroboam who sinned and who made Israel to sin. And that designation for Jeroboam will be throughout the scriptures from this point on, Jeroboam the son of Nebat who made Israel to sin. Then Jeroboam's wife arose and came to Tuzza, this seems to be the new capital now in Manasseh. When she came to the threshold of the house, the child died and they buried him, and all Israel mourned for him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through his servant Ahijah, the prophet. The same prophet that prophesied the rise of Jeroboam now prophesies the crash. And actually, uh, the only one that's going to have any honor in the house will be this young child that she's pleading for. He's the only one that gets buried and the people mourn for. And he says in verse 13, uh, because in him, this young child, there is found something good toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. It's almost as though God is being merciful to the child by taking the child to himself and not letting him stay with Jeroboam and his wife only to become corrupted and become like Jeroboam. After reigning 22 years, Jeroboam dies. His son Nadab takes his throne and he walks in the same way as his father 
in 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 26, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in his sin by which he made Israel sin. Just the way Jeroboam made Israel sin, he walked in the way of his father. He walked in his father's sin by which he made all of Israel sin. So Jeroboam receives a son like himself. The child that was good is taken to the Lord. And uh, Nadab, uh, it's going to be a horrible thing that happens to him and his family under Baasha. It's Nadab who is the one that's assassinated. His whole house is murdered. Um, and it removes and clears all those from the lineage of Jeroboam that would have access to the throne. So Nadab is the one that's assassinated. All the household of Jeroboam is murdered by this Baasha of Issachar. Down south in Judah, Rehoboam in 2 Chronicles chapter 11 fortifies his cities. And it's an interesting thing because you read in 2 Chronicles chapter 11 and verse 13 that the Levites rejected from their place of authority by Jeroboam up north moved to Jerusalem and they take with them all those from the northern kingdom who do not want to go after the pagan gods. All the true worshipers of Yahweh come down from the northern kingdom and come into Judah. And as a strange twist on Solomon's sin and the division of the nation, Judah actually has a time, a three-year period of time of revival because there's an increased worship of Yahweh because of the Levites coming down from the northern area and all the people they bring along with them. Uh, you read in 2 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 13, how they come down. Uh, and verse 17, it says, So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and made Rehoboam the son of Solomon strong for three years because they walked in the way of David and Solomon for three years. For a three-year period of time, things go well. The southern kingdom becomes strengthened. Because when you have believers in a kingdom, it strengthens the kingdom. Here you have these worshipers of Yahweh who have left their home to flee Jeroboam's idolatry and to come down into the south. And you have this three-year period of time. But it doesn't last. It doesn't last because of the king. It doesn't last because of the population as a whole. And you read in chapter 12, verse 1 of 2 Chronicles, Now it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself that he forsook the Lord of the Lord and all Israel along with him. In 1 Kings chapter 14, you read in verse 22. 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 22. Now Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they committed more than all that their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places, sacred pillars, and wooden images on every high hill and under every tree. And there were also perverted persons in the land who did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So the presence of believers could only do so much for a few years. The overall population 
had people of gross perversions and abominations. Again, idolatry like we saw before at the high places. Rehoboam himself forgets and forsakes the law of the Lord, and the Lord sends an evasion under Shishak, the king of Egypt, and uh, Shishak, the king of Egypt, takes the fortified cities of southern Judah. He comes right up to Jerusalem. Shemaiah the prophet comes in again. He brings the word of the Lord, telling them why this is happening to them. And you read in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 6, So the leaders of Israel and their king, Rehoboam, humbled themselves, and they said, The Lord is righteous. Now when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves, therefore I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. My wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Shishak's not going to be allowed to destroy it. Nevertheless, they will be his servants that they may distinguish, listen to this, that they may distinguish my service from the service of the kingdoms of the nations. They want to go after the idols of the foreign nations. I'm going to allow them to be under the hand of the foreign nation. I'm not going to allow Shishak to destroy them. But they're going to know what it's like to be under the foreign nations if they don't want to be under me. And that's a caution for our nation and for all nations. We like so much being very liberal-minded and absorbing all the religions of the rest of the world. Maybe we're going to learn what it's like to be under the hand of the rest of the world if we're not under the hand of God. They humble themselves, they repent, they're kept from destruction. And whenever the leaders do this, whenever they turn around, but you know, you obviously question how they turn around. They turn around because they're about to fall. When people get in trouble, they turn back to God. They get very religious. The God bless America, I'm sorry, the God bless Judas came out in southern Judah when the Egyptians were right on the border of Jerusalem. Right? It's for a time. But God hears, He sees their humility, He sees their type of repentance, He doesn't allow. Jerusalem to fall, but Shishak comes in, he takes away all the golden treasures from the temple, from Rehoboam's house. Remember all those gold shields which Solomon had built? Well, you're told in the scripture that Rehoboam was reduced to building shields of brass. He lost his gold shields. Better to serve the Lord than to serve the nations. And Rehoboam reigned 17 years the last description we have in the scriptures of Rehoboam is in chapter 12, verse 14 of 2 Chronicles. And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. What a testimony of Jeroboam up north. What a testimony of Rehoboam down south. What a testimony of all Israel and of all human nature. He did not prepare his heart to do what was right, to seek the Lord. And with this, we're going to end our study of the Old Testament section in detail for heavenly authority. Uh, the next time, I want to make a very brief mention of a couple of points about Elijah and Jonah and Amos, but we're not going to go through their lives. That would be for another study, a study of the prophets. What happens with northern Israel, southern Judah, and how this gives the opportunity for God to give the word of the Lord through the prophets, and how these prophets then, through the, the trials 
Israel is going through speak of a new covenant, a better covenant, and we receive all the wonderful prophecies of Messiah Jesus. After we look at the couple of points of Elijah and Jonah and Amos, and that should just be one, one sermon, then we're going to go into the New Testament and look what the New Testament says. So the second sermon on heavenly authority from now will be all from that point on the New Testament and what the New Testament tells us about God's authority. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your, your word. Father, we pray that we would learn the lesson from these men to whom you gave great position, you showed great wonders, and yet thought that when they pondered in their heart, their ideas, their arrogance could somehow replace your word, your truth. Father, we pray that you would save us to the utmost, that you would protect us from ourselves, that you would keep us from such foolishness. And Father, that in your church and those you place in positions of authority, you would make the lessons from these two men, these two kings, be in front of their eyes that they would not let their position corrupt them to do foolish works and foolish acts like Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Help us, Father, as, as ministers of Christ. Help us, Father, as individuals to do that which is right and proper and wise in your sight to prepare our hearts for you. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Join Pastor Greg on the web for serious Bible study and information about our church. The address is www.shiarjashub.org. And may the Lord bless you as you serve him.